Om Sang Saraswati Namaha. Namaste. Namaste, everyone. This evening, we're going to begin chapter two of the Devi Gita. And remember in chapter one, Shiva and Vishnu defeated the, the Doityas. They were actually Asuras. These Doityas, the Halahala. And this, this deadly poison you see, Shiva drinking it off in one gulp, he actually took 60,000 years in order to uh, 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 put that down. He just, he just drank it and chugged and chugged and chugged for 60,000 years it took him to drink all the poison. This is another dimension to the story that we don't always get. Usually we see uh, the poison come in one bowl and he <laughs> that's the end of it. 60,000 years he was chugging that poison and then he went home. He said, hey mom, we really got him this time. We won the war. And both Sati or Uma, Gori, and Lakshmi, when they saw Vishnu and Shiva talking this way, they say, what do you mean you won the war? Don't you know it is the Shakti, the energy in all and everything that is the accomplisher of all objectives? You were merely the instruments. Shiva and Vishnu said, we were out there for 60,000 years fighting with these Asuras and you're claiming the victory? Lakshmi and Sati said, we're not going to suffer this abuse from you. How can I live in a house which is a battleground in itself? And they went inside. They become, became unmanifest. Apataksha. They just were no longer there. Shiva and Vishnu immediately became without energy. And they had no motivation and no capacity and no inspiration to do anything at all. They just sat there. I don't understand. You don't. What happens when Shiva is in meditation? Very, very deep meditation. And there's Mahapraloi. That the, there is Mahapraloi. Mahapraloi means there's the total dissolution of the entire manifested existence. There is no Shakti manifest in the universe. Everything is totally potential. You can't see it. It only exists in the mind and the heart of Shiva as Shakti who is inside. She is... She is Shakti Tattva. He is Shiva Tattva. And they are separate. Nothing to unite them. Brahma said, uh-oh, if I don't take over their jobs and fulfill their functions and complete their responsibilities, that's going to mean the total dissolution of everything. So Brahma started to create and protect and transform and do all the jobs of the three Devatrai. Srishti Stiti Loi, creation, preservation, transformation. Brahma was doing it all. And then he said, wait, this isn't going to work for very long. We've got to find a way to get those Shaktis back into manifested existence. Let those girls take birth again. Let Mahalakshmi take birth from the ocean and let, let Parvati manifest in the Himalayas and she can take birth in the Himalayas and she can take birth as Daksha's Putri, as the daughter of Daksha Prajapati and she can come and marry Shiva again. And then they'll get inspired, then they'll get motivated, then they'll get active and they'll start to do their jobs again so I can go back to leading a regular life. Now boys, he called all those boys, all the mind-born sons of, of Brahma, Manasputra. Brahma had so he had the Saptarishi, the seven original Rishis, then he had uh, Daksha and Narad, and he had uh, Prasuti and, uh, 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 oh, oh, uh, 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 what was her name? Uh, 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 she married uh, uh, Ahalya. 
Ahalya was also born from Brahman's mind. So he called all of his children, he said, children, go out and do whatever form of tapasya that you know. Somebody will meditate, somebody will contemplate, somebody will do yoga, somebody will do pranayama, somebody will chant mantras, somebody does puja. You do homa, you do everything you can do to get those divine mothers to come back to this earth and bless us with their presence. Iti Pratamalatyai. Now, we're beginning the second chapter. And Vyas said, Remember, Srima was telling the story to, to uh, Jana Mejai. Re, uh, Jana Mejai started to burn all the snakes, and then Asdik Muni said, you can't kill, you can't practice genocide, you cannot destroy an entire species just because of the fault of one member, and therefore you stop this yagya, don't burn all the snakes, you burn all your karma and fulfill your sankalpa by listening to the recitation of the Devi Gita and the Srima Devi Bhagavatam. So Vyas said, and then they, that means all the boys, all the sadhus, all the rishis, all the munis, the daughters too, they took refuge in a wooded area in the Himalaya mountains mountains, where they joined together in the japa of the Maya Bija, ring, 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 with all of their capacity and purifying austerities. They meditated on the supreme energy for 100,000 years. This is not an easy job, guys. I mean, this isn't okay. I like to, a drive-through enlightenment, please. <laughs> I'm going to purchase this enlightenment. Here's my here's my money. Give me the mantra. They meditated for one hundred thousand years, O King, and then the goddess was pleased and appeared before them in a perceivable form. She had a noose. Uh, also known as a net, and she had a curved sword, the karga, and she had the mudras granting boons and freedom from fear. Chaturbhuj. She showed in her four hands. Wow, oh, look at how that English comes out with the, with the uh, verb at the end of the sentence. She had three eyes filled completely with the sentiment of compassion. She was the form of truth, consciousness, and bliss. Seeing her, the mother of all, all the pure men of wisdom with great satisfaction said, we bow down to the form of the universe, the image of universal existence in the gross body. We bow down to the form of light who exists all throughout the subtle body. We bow. In every subtle body you are situated, inseparably interwoven. You cannot separate the Shakti from the Shiva. Every time there is a body, there is Shakti existing in every pore, in every pinnacle, in every hair, in every atom, in every quark. Inseparably interwoven. In every king's bosom, even smaller than a cork, we bow to you in the causal body. We bow to the image of infinite existence. We bow to the intrinsic nature of all. We bow to the image of supreme divinity. We bow to the form of all, to the image of the soul of all definitions. And thus praise was sung to the mother of the universe in a voice choked with devotion. I mean, they were really sincere. Their voices were just choked with devotion. 
and Daksh and the other pure Moonies bowed down at her lotus feet. And then the goddess, being pleased, spoke to them with a voice as sweet as that of a cuckoo. <laughs> In India, it's a cuckoo bird. <laughs> the bird that sings a very sweet sound is a cuckoo bird. It's not like the American definition of a swami. <laughs> He's a little cuckoo. <laughs> Meaning, uh, yeah, he doesn't have it all together. So they, they, she spoke to those moonies bowing down in the voice as sweet as a cuckoo bird. Ask for a boon, O greatly fortunate ones. I am always ready to grant boons. Hearing the, these words from her, they asked for peace for Hara and Vishnu. They want Shiva and Vishnu to get peace and that they get their shaktis back again. And, O truthful king, then Daksha prayed, O goddess, please take birth in my family. <laughs> if you, the divine mother, would do so, then I will attain the reward of all actions. Recitation of mantras, meditation, and worship where and how should they be performed? Tell me, O oh Supreme Lord, from your mouth only. So Daksha said, Hey, Goddess, Sati, you come take birth in my house. Remember, Brahma promised whoever can persuade the Divine Mother to manifest in his house, he will become, his house will be full of Shakti. And he will have the opportunity to find out all the secrets of the worship of the Divine Mother. And the goddess said, The disrespect shown to my Shaktis has given rise to the present circumstance of those two, Shiva and Vishnu. Those two, two Badmashas. Huh? They were disrespectful to the manifestations of the Divine Mother, and therefore the Divine Mother's manifestations left them. you got to remember all the time you didn't do it. She did. You didn't win the war. She did. The only thing you did was the wrong thing. You get credit for all the wrong that was done. She gets credit for the right. Guys, if you've ever been married, take this lesson from chapter 2. Employ it in your lives. She gets credit for all the good that was attained. That kind of insult should never be shown to me for any reason. Now, by my grace... Their bodies will regain health. Their shaktis will manifest. One in your house, Daksh, and the other in the milk ocean. And that's how Sagar became the father of Mahalakshmi. Ah. And that's how Daksh became the father of Sati. They, Shiva and Vishnu, will understand that this will happen when they feel the urge to chant my Maya Beej mantra. Ring, 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 ring. Ha means the gross body, what can be perceived through the senses. Ra means the subtle body, what can be conceived in the mind. E means the causal body, what can be known through intuition, meditation, and anuswar. The sound of an atom at the end means perfection. The perfected manifestation of all that can be perceived through the senses, conceived in the mind, known through intuition and meditation and beyond. When Shiva and Vishnu start to recite that mantra, then I will feel I will feel compelled to manifest myself. I will take those shaktis will take birth. This mantra is in me and is always the foremost to give me pleasure. 
meditate upon the form of my gross body or else upon its former position as the form of truth, consciousness, and bliss. All of the places of the world are mine. And I am with you all of the time. And therefore, you can worship and meditate at any time in every place. And Vyas said, Thus giving her reply, the goddess who lives at the island of jewels, remember in the morning dweep, we, we, we took the journey to the morning dweep, we went to the Kshirishmudra, the ocean of purity, and there we found the morning dweep, the ocean of the island of jewels. And we went within, and she became imperceivable. She just went under down. We, we couldn't see her. She become, became unmanifest. And Daksha and the other Munis again went to Brahma. And they all formed a circle near to Brahma, Brahmadev, and respectfully explained what had transpired. Hara and Hori regained their health, Shiva and Vishnu. They got strong again, they got motivated, they got inspired, they, they got up and they said, okay, we're ready to do sadhana again, we're ready to go back to work. And they regained their health and their capacity to perform their functions. O king, by the grace of the Supreme Mother, their pride was now absent. Then, at a specific time, the great energy became an avatar, manifest in a physical body, in the house of Daksh. That's Sati. O oh, great king, in the three worlds there began festivals of celebration. All the gods were extremely delighted and caused a rain of flowers. Pushpa And then the dumdubi drums resounded from heaven, using hands as drumsticks. O king, the minds of all were delighted and spiritual seekers held unto her name and they kept it fixed in their meditations. The rivers flowed in their courses and the sun shined with excellent luster. When she who is welfare was born, welfare everywhere was born. Sadhava mongala mongala Shadarat the Shadike, Sharanye Thambake Gori, Narayani Namostade. Her name was given as Sati, the cause of true existence. Because in the cycle of true existence, she is beyond universal knowledge. Again, she was given to Shiva as his shock. But again, she burned herself in a fire of divine union from within her own mind, O king. Wait a minute. We just did so much work to get her to come into manifestation, grow up, marry Shiva, inspire Shiva again, and then she burned herself in the fire of meditation? Gentleman Jaya said, Oh, Mooney, these words that you have told me are extremely inauspicious. How could it be auspicious? We did so much tapasya to get her to come, and then she, she just left again. Am I hearing correctly? Did you say that correctly? Really? That such a great being burned herself in a fire, remembering whose name even human beings will not fear the fire of samsara, the world of objects and relationships. Anybody who remembers the name of sati is free from fear. Remember we gave two definitions for fear. <laughs> Forget everything and run. Face everything and rise. Remembering the name of Sati, 
She who is pure, true existence. Everyone is free from fear. All kinds of fear. And now she burned herself in a fire? No one fears the fire of the, of the samsara when they remember sati. Sati herself burned herself in the fire of meditation? For what action did she burn herself in the fire of her own mind? What happened? Tell me this. I, I, I gotta know this. This is good stuff. This is gonna change my life. Why would Sati, whose name frees everyone from fear, why would she burn herself? Biase. Listen, O king, to this ancient occurrence, the cause of the burning of Sati. Once upon a time, Durvasha, uh, a very famous Rishi, uh, he was a manifestation of Shiva. Dur, it means, uh, uh, mm, mm, oh, it means, Vasha means his language, his speech. And Dur Vasha means he, he's, he's got a bad mouth. <laughs> Actually, it really means he's got a bad mouth. Durvasha was the first to curse everybody who would any, do any mischief, any harm, anything that was inappropriate that he regarded as inappropriate. He had such a bad, bad mouth that he would give a curse to everybody for any little thing. And he got the name of Durvasha. Just bad mouth. He bad mouthed everybody. Funny thing about Durvasha's bad mouth, every individual cursed by him ultimately received the highest blessing. It was amazing how everyone who received a curse from Durvasha ultimately achieved the highest goals of their lives. But he was still known as bad mouth, Mr. Bad Mouth. No matter where he went, anybody did the slightest thing, he would give him a curse just like that. <laughs> Durvasha went to the queen of the rivers, the Jambu. <laughs> and there he saw the goddess and began to recite the Maya Bija. Ring, ring, ring. The supreme of the gods became very pleased and took from her own neck a garland of flowers. And bees, intoxicated with the scent of the jasmine, the flowers, they were swarming around. It was so sweet and exuding such fragrance that there was, the bees were gathered around this mala. And she, she took that and she gave it to him as prasad. She gave it to Durvasha, a gift to the worshiper from the worshipped. It's a consecrated gift, which the Muni took upon his head. Put that, <laughs> I've got the mala of the Divine Mother on my head. <laughs> That's my crown, my crowning glory. And then he returned, passing through the atmosphere by means of his spiritual powers, and attained through his purifying austerities. Oh, went home. And he came to where Daksh was staying, who was actually the father of Sati. She took birth in Daksh's house. And seeing the Divine Mother, he bowed down to the feet of Sati, wanted Darshan of the infant child. And Daksha asked about the Muni's garland. <gasps> Whose is this extraordinary garland? Tell me how you got this, O oh Great One, which is difficult of attainment by humans. <laughs> That's quite a mala you got there on your head. <laughs> and listening to that question of his, he, Durvasha replied with tears in his eyes and love in his heart, it's the prasad of the goddess. <laughs> it's prasad. Directly from the goddess, she gave it to me. Shrima took it off her neck and she, 
she gave it to me. And the father of Sati, that's Dakshi, he asked the Muni for the garland. Give me that mala. <laughs> that is the neatest mala that I've ever seen. And then the Muni thought, Dervasha was thinking, there is nothing unfit in the regions of the three worlds to give a devotee of the divine energy. He is such a devotee that Sati took birth in his house. Why shouldn't I give him the garland? He deserves everything. He is such, so much devoted. I mean, giving him the mala is the smallest token that I could possibly convey to him the sincerity of my respect and my appreciation for the tapasya that he did and the purity of his, his accomplishment in making the Divine Mother take birth in his house. And with this understanding, he gave that desired garland to Daksha who accepted the garland on his head and went to his own temple. So Durvasha took it off his head and put it and gave it to Daksha. Daksha put it on his head and then he went home. He put it there near to the bed of the Lord of the house. That's his own bed. He was the Lord of the house. He was the king. And his beautiful lady, that's Prasuti. And being intoxicated by the fragrance of the garland, he engaged in animal behavior during the night. Now, excuse me, in those days they didn't have X-rated scriptures, so there's no description of what that animal behavior consisted of. It just says, Pashu uh, Karmasto. Uh, it says, Pashu Karmasto. And it doesn't say, what was that Pashu Karma? I'm sorry, I must leave that to the imagination of every devotee. If you want to know further, please meditate on what Daksh was doing in his bedroom. <laughs> Otherwise, it, please accept, he did Pashu Karma. And... Mistakenly, he thought that he, his own sin was the blame of Shankar, the protector of the earth. And thus his enmity with the benevolent Shiva and the goddess Sati was born. Now, you understand Shiva's name is Poshu Pati. And Daksh I'm sorry to read between the lines, but the commentary says, Pashupati is the lord of all animals. And Daksh said, Daksh's name means ability. Abilities, capacities, yogata, karma yogata, efficiency is Daksh. He said, if I engaged in any animalistic behavior, it was not my fault. The Lord of the animals is at fault. Pashupati. It's Shiva's dosh, Shiva's faults that I engaged in what's called animalistic behavior. He also said that if my hand offended him, it, it was Shulpani. It wasn't me. I'm not the responsible party. He said, that if I disrupted the peace, it was Shankar's fault because he is the cause of peace. And in every way he used the ability, the dakshata, his capacity of chopping logic, <laughs> and yai, to blame Shiva for all the faults yeah. committed during that evening. And thus, his enmity with the benevolent Shiva and the goddess Sati was born. O king, because of that fault, she, Sati, burned her body, born of Daksh, 
in the fire of yoga for the purpose of showing the ideal of true wifely devotion. Again, because of Himalaya's desire, she manifested her great body from the imperceivable. So here you go. Sati, she was the ideal of true wifely devotion. She is the cause of truth. She is the manifestation of true fidelity. In fact, after Sati, every woman who is being praised for their devotion to their husbands is called a Sati three. She is the manifestation, she is a woman who manifests the capacities, the qualities, the attributes of Sati, of true wifely devotion. She's called a Sati. And in the seventh uh, skanda of the Devi Bhagavatam, we go through a whole list of how many satis that are remembered in history. We have Orundati, and we had Sita, and we had so many women who exemplified the qualities of so much devotion to their husbands that they would just leave their body because of the insult given to their husband. Sabitri went to the house of Yam just to rescue her Satyakam. Our dharma, the anthology of, the, of our religion, our ideals of perfection are replete with examples of women who exemplified these ideals of perfection. So here she was born in the house of Daksha. Daksh acted like a fool, an, an animal. He blamed Shiva for his wrongful doing. Then he insulted Shiva. He ultimately insulted Sati, and Sati gave up her body. And then she became unmanifest. As soon as she burned her body in the fire of yoga, she was no longer perceivable. And because of Himalaya's desire, she manifested her great body from the imperceivable. This story goes on. Jana Mejai said, After the burning of the body of Sati, what did Shiva do? When separated from his own beloved Sati, what did he do? Bias said, My speech has no capacity to tell what happened beyond that. I mean, that was really something to say. The dissolution of the three worlds began from the fire of the anger of Shiva. Okay. Bir Bhadra was born, as well as Bhadra Kali with her multitudes. Bir Bhadra was capable of destroying the three worlds to make non-existence. And then Brahma and the gods went to take refuge in Shankar's compassion. And even though all his own was destroyed, the compassion of the Supreme Lord was not. He granted them freedom from fear. And the head of a goat was put on the man Daksh. Remember, Birbhadra cut off Daksha's head. Uh, Prasuti went to Shiva and fell at his feet. Without Daksha, how, without ability, without capacity, without uh, efficiency, how can we have this creation? He's Prajapati. He is the Pati of all the Praja. He is the Lord of all created beings. Well, how can we have this creation without him? Shiva said, okay, cut off the head of a goat and put it on the body of Daksha. What's the meaning? The meaning is Daksha is an old goat. What's the meaning of goat? The goat... <laughs> Please, don't let me get your goat. You're liable to lose your goat. Uh, and my goatee. So the goat uh, actually uh, it, it showed that Daksh was the Pashu. 
It showed that Daksh was actually behaving inappropriately. No matter how efficient, how much ability, how many talents he had, he had no capacity by which to maintain the decorum and the presence of the Lord of the universe. He thought, I am important, others are not. I should command because I know what is appropriate and I know efficiency and I know ability and I have the talent and the skills and the, uh, the capacity to deliver this creation and to make this creation conform to my ideas of propriety. And therefore, don't you listen to that shulpani that poshupati, that, that, that old hippie who sits under a tree drinking ganja, smoking a pipe, and, and uh, 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 hangs out with ghosts and goblins. He's nobody to be respected. You come and respect me. And that's uh, why, uh, that's what the goat symbolized, was the destruction of the pride of Daksha. Now you can have abilities without pride. Before, Daksha had pride in his abilities. So uh, the goat it was put on the head of Daksha. So Shiva sent Virabhadra and Bhadrakali and their armies. They destroyed Daksha's sacrifice. They cut off Daksha's head. They chased away all the rishis and munis and the brahmins and everybody was at the sacrifice. And then Shiva sat down to meditate. And then... They all prayed to Shiva, please restore Daksh. We can't have the creation without him. Let's finish the yagya so that the creation can proceed. And Shiva uh, said, put the head of the goat on the man. And he restored Daksh to, from death. Then, in much distress, the great lord of all went to the sacrificial area and cried in great pain. But Shiva was extremely distressed. Not seeing his sati, who had been burned in the fire of consciousness, he put the body upon his shoulders and cried, Oh my sati, oh my sati, again and again. With a confused consciousness, Shankar roamed in countries with many names. And then the gods became extremely anxious and the compassionate Brahma requested Vishnu to quickly lift up your bow and with his arrows he cut the body of Sati into pieces, letting them fall in different places. And which Ever place a piece fell, Hara, Shiva, observed her being in a different form. And then he told the gods, in all these places of Shiva, meaning something, that's Shiva is the female of Shiva. And so in all the places of Shiva, meaning something, Whoever worships with supreme devotion, for them nothing will be difficult of attainment. And there the Supreme Mother will eternally remain united with the part of her mind. The mortal beings who make an offering of fire sacrifice in these places, for them the mantras will be successful, especially if they use the Maya Bija. <laughs> This was a form of meditation we call Avayap Yoga. Mm -hmm. Avayap Yoga. Avayap Yoga means we see the part. Look at the part of the Murthy. One part. You can't look at the whole Murthy at one time. You'll see one part that speaks to you. You see her arm, or you see her, her 
face or you see her breast, you see her, her foot, you see one part, you see her hand, you see the blessing, you see the, uh, the weapons, you see the one part. And then you say, I remember something. That hand was connected to the arm. And that arm was connected to the shoulder. And then I could see her trunk and all the other arms. And her neck rose up upon which sat her face. And on her head there was a crown. And I see the light in her eyes and she's looking at me with great compassion. And there's the other side of her body with all the other arms and all the other implements and tools by which she's going to help me take care of my oshuras. And this is called Avaya Yoga. Shiva went to every place where a part of Sati's body fell. And he looked at that part and he said, oh, I see how that foot was attached to the leg and the leg to the hip and the hip to the torso. And now it's, a, it's very close to what the Buddhists later called Vipassana meditation. Moving the awareness throughout the body to the various places and conceiving the individual form and then later conceiving the entirety. So beginning with a part and then you find how that part was connected. In Bakreshwar was the left arm. And Kamakya is the Yoni Mandal. In, in every, there were 51 Shakti Pittas where the parts of Sati's body fell. Those 51 Pittas, the places of pilgrimage, Pitt, 51 Pittas existed all throughout the greater India, and which and also every pit has a beautiful story. Every pit has a beautiful story. Well, you like to tell the stories? Which one? All of them. <laughs> They're all wonderful stories. Every pit has a story, but I was going to say something different. There are 51 Shakti pits. And then there were four lists of the 51 Shakti pitas. So that made 204 Shakti Pitas. And if any one of you comes to Napa, this is the 52nd one. Because any Pujari worth his Puja would certainly say, is this a Shakti Pit? Of course it is. Is this the place where Sati Devi left her body? Of course it is. This is the origin. Wherever I put my yantra, the, from the bindu comes that supreme shakti. And in this text, we have 108 shakti pitas. And there are more being added daily. You better visit them all before we have just books of shakti pitas. Each one of the Shakti Pitas has a Bhairav where Shiva meditated. And then he left a part of himself in that Shakti Pit, and that Bhairav protected the energy of that Shakti Pit. And then the someone came and discovered the Shakti Pit. And the stories of what happened and the manifestations of grace in the lives of the devotees became exemplary in the literature of the Sanatana Dharma. And the, each one of the Shakti Pittas has a story. Do you want to tell some of the stories or all of the stories? Or should we move on with the text? <laughs> I mean, there are no end to the stories of Sanatana Dharma. Remember, Hori Ananta, Hori Kothananta, 
God is infinite and the stories about God are infinite. I'll bet you every one of the devotees who comes to the Devi Mandir has his or her own story. <laughs> and what grace came into their lives because of association with a saintly being. We, we can't, uh, we don't have a, uh, enough typists to fill up our website with the stories of the grace of the Divine Mother. But we'll tell some of the stories as we go along. Om Sam Sarasvati Let's pause here tonight and see if there are any questions so far. I know they skipped over the stories of Sati and the story of Mahalakshmi very, very quickly because this, this is only the preface. <laughs> this is introductory material to what we're going to learn in the study of the Devi Gita. Remember, again, she's going to take birth in the house of Himalaya. So this is even more, uh, it, 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 the story will go on. So they just alluded to the various stories with, which were preparatory material, just as we began the story of, of who was Jenna Jai with the story of Pariksit. And believe me, Pariksit was the last king of the Dwapar Yuga. We could have started with the first king of the Dwapar Yuga. But the, the Puranas are the first instances of storytelling within a worldwide web. <laughs> we claim that the web is something unique and novel and something that is very current and very, very, actually it has its roots in ancient storytelling because these stories, each one is connected to the other and you can go round and round and round and sometimes we're going back to the past to tell what happened and why, who is Jenna Magi telling this story, asking the questions of Yas in the form of Sri and where did prediction come from? And where are they going with this story? And who is Dakshin? Who is Himalayas? We're going to circumambulate the web of Sanatan Dharma within the confines of the Devi Bhagavatam. This Devi Gita is the song of the goddess. Tell me your every word is like. <laughs> Namaste. Let's see if there are any questions. Please. We have a question from Elijah. Namaste, Elijah Baba. Can Shrima tell a story about one of the Shakti beasts? <laughs> I am. Will you tell a story? Now? Yes. I can tell Kaligat. You can tell the story of Kaligat. Okay, there is a two saints, and so they are devoted to Divine Mother, and they are doing tremendous tapasya. Okay. They are not far away from village, you know, near village. You know. They are singing like Ram Prasad singing, with singing, they cry and singing, and they are calling Mother, Divine Mother. Making her murthy? No, later. Oh. After that, uh, one, their devotion so much, ultimately Mother gave darshan them. Mother was telling, it's uh, Brahmananda and Kamalakanto. We say, you go that near Ganga and say, you make a murti for me, and Brahmananda will uh, wait for outside and he will give me life. And Kamalakanto started to making murti Kali, this Kali. Uh -huh. So he started to making Kali. And he was making Kali Murti with the Baba Murti never finished. <laughs> <laughs> he was singing, singing and making, making completely Baba. And Brahmananda got so upset what is he doing that he has no patience to see mother, you know. And he started crying, 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 mother, mother, you what you are doing, you know. 
and suddenly from Ganga some light came bubbling from the water, Ganga's water bubbling came, bubbling came, light came, light came. That time Brahmananda knows this is a mother and he put hand and that light came to his, on his hand, in hand and he knows now I have to give life to mother, or to mother. That spot, mother finger fell down. And so this finger fell down. That spot. After that, he went and he went automatic door open and light went to the kali. This kali. That is one shakti pit. Kali ghat. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Well, that's one story of the of the Kaligath Murthy. Do you know at that time uh, Kamala Kant was still making the Murthy? Yeah. And the Murthy wasn't finished yet. Yeah, it is not. Finished. And Ramananda took the light and he burst into the room where where Kamala Kant was making the Murthy, and the light went into the Murthy, and Kamala Kant said, "What did you do? The Murthy's not ready yet." And so Kali got has only half the murti. She's cut off at the trunk. And you can see she's finished above, but below it still requires to be finished. She is one of the Shakti Pitas. Small story. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Elijah says thank you also. <laughs> Namaste. Thank you, Elijah. Good question. Other things. We have a question from Srini. Hi, namaste, Mr. Srini Baba. Hi, Srini. Does meditation on her form re refer to a focus on the external image or on an internal visualization? Which one is preferred for a beginner? For a beginner, it's definitely the external. However, in the text, it said both. Some people would meditate on her external form and some people would re meditate on the form of Satchit Ananda. Is not my devotee's devotion, it comes? It will come yeah. from the devotee's devotion. Yeah. However, when we're beginning, it's much easier to focus on an external object than it is on an internal object. So we work from the gross body to the subtle body to the causal body. And we move from the anamaya kosh to the pranamaya kosh. And from the pranamaya kosh to the manamaya kosh. And from the manamaya kosh to the biganamaya kosh. And from biganamaya kosh to the anandamaya kosh. Too much remembering. Not everyone can jump. <laughs> Not everyone can jump. Some of us need stepping stones. I'm sorry you were born in a family of jumpers. We are steppers. You remember tiptoe through but the tulips? It is true, it is true, satyam, satyam, punam, satyam. But <laughs> when you have true devotion, you don't think about, I'm going to the pranamaya coast, to the manamaya coast, to the end, biganamaya coast, to the end, on the All of that becomes extraneous noises. <laughs> you become like Sarima who sits down, closes her eyes, and she's gone. But not all of us are capable to go with such efficiency. Some of us require a little more substance to our paths, a little more structure. Srini Baba, we start with the external puja, which is Shabda. We audibly pronounce the mantras and physically place the flowers and conceive look the goddess in the eye and perceive her through our senses and we understand we are salokya in the same loka we are in the same paradigm of reality and after we we 
memorize those movements. We memorize those mantras. We could just sit there and watch that flower go from the Garden of Delight right there to its place on the altar. And we have no need to audibly. We could use pumsh if we like. We could just move our lips. We don't need the physical relationship anymore. And when you get to the position where Ma is talking about, you just close your eyes, and there you are. Om Sat Chit Ekam Brahma. Om the infinite beyond conception, Sat true existence, Chit infinite consciousness, Ekang One, Brahma, Supreme Divinity. Om Sat Chit Ekang Brahma. She just closes her eyes and there she is. I have to sit for two or three hours and put out all these flowers and go from the Anamaya Coast to the Pranamaya Coast and from the Pranamaya Coast to the Pranamaya Coast and the Pranamaya Coast to the Anamaya Coast and then maybe if she's gracious, I go to the Anandamaya Coast. And from the Anandamaya Coast to the Anamaya Coast and the Anamaya Coast to the Manamaya Coast and the Manamaya Coast to the Pranamaya Coast. And then comes the Anamaya. There are different paths for different sadhus. Yeah. That I agree. Yes, please. Is that the same sort of idea um, as when we're meditating on the single part of the goddess? The, we're, we're going in steps so that we can have a focus? Is that the idea, or um, is there a different idea behind no, that? No, that is the idea. We conceive the part, and then we see how it's attached to the whole, and then pretty soon we see the whole. And we move that awareness throughout the body of the whole until we become filled with the whole. And I perceive the entire murti, the entire representative of my pure devotion, the reflection of devotion. She is a container of consciousness. I perceive that container of consciousness as the embodiment of divinity. Sorry. <laughs> I become mesmerized. <laughs> Are there other questions? We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste, Nanda Ma! These stories show men and women in traditional roles, mothers, wives, fathers, husbands, etc. What can those of us in the modern world, who are individuals and do not have these traditional roles, learn from these stories and apply to our lives? Thank you. Twamiva Mata Chapita Pameva Tomeva Saka you are everything. You are mother and father and friend and relative and you are Tameva Sarabang Mama Deva Deva. You are all and everything at the same time. What can you learn from these stories? I am in relation to every atom of creation. Now, every atom of creation will define our relationship the way they want to. What does that mean to me? I want to be chief. I don't want to define term, every atom of creation in terms that are pleasing to me. I just want to be chief. If I can be Shiva, I can perceive every atom of creation just in its intrinsic nature, just in its inner urge to be. And how is it evolving? What is it becoming? 
So I believe that once we get in alignment with these stories and we see how these stories are working on me, how they are changing my being, how are they changing my concept of who I am and who I want to be, what is my highest goal? What is my highest aspiration? What do I want to become? Do I want to become the Dutch who behaves like an animal? who has pride in his abilities, who is conceited and self-conceit and he's got too much? Or do I want to be humble devotee who's filled with love, has pure devotion? In every relationship, the servant of circumstances, he becomes Udas. U, ah, is creation. U is Circumstance, preservation. Ma is perfection, culmination, transformation, destruction. Om. So I take the U out of the Om. Now I've got circumstances. And I become, add that to the Das. I become the servant of the circumstance, which means Udas. I become a servant of circumstance. I have no opinion that I'm trying to, no prejudice that I'm trying to apply, no paintbrush with which I'm trying to coat that perception. I just want to see what is. I am the servant of circumstance. And that's the goal for some of us. Yes, please. We have a question from Nilima in Delhi. Namaste, Nilima. Durvasa gave the garland to Daksha because he was a true devotee of Devi. Is the devotee of Shakti any different from the pure devotee of Shiva or Vishnu? A devotee is a devotee is a devotee. Once you have devotion, true devotion, you can change the object or the recipient of that devotion at will. And that's why we ended up writing books for Shiva, Chakti, Vishnu, Ganesh, Durga, Lakshmi, Saraswati, and, uh, and Ram, and Krishna, and Hanuman. There's nobody more eclectic than the Devi Munder crew. Because once you're in love, it doesn't matter with whom are you in love. So in that sense, the devotion of the devotee of of Shakti is the same as the devotion of the devotee of Shiva. However, there are some distinctions in the form of worship, in the meaning of worship, in the attitude of worship. So that the de devotion to Shakti takes a specific form where we pray to Mother to take the energy away from my negativities and illuminate the possibilities and the positivity. Whereas we pray to Shiva to please give us the consciousness of infinite goodness. We want to be filled with the free will, the sankalpa, to guide our destiny closer and closer and closer to your presence. So there's a little bit of distinction, but not enough to split hairs with a logician. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia Ma. Did the story of Osiris come originally from this story of Sati being in pieces and then being restored? Mm, I can't really comment on that. I, I'm not qualified to tell you. Yes, please. We have a question from Cameron. Yes. What, what is Daksha's sacrifice? <coughs> Daksha's sacrifice? Daksha was making a yagya. And he decided I, 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 this yagya would be the grand kickoff to the next creation. He decided he would invite everybody who was anybody in heaven, but he wouldn't invite Shiva. Because he wanted to show Shiva that uh, he, he, Shiva was Poshupati. Uh, he, he, Shiva was responsible for all of the woes that beset, befell upon a Daksha. So Daksha's Yagya was the sacrifice where he invited everybody to come and celebrate the commencement of the next uh, a form of manifested existence. 
That was the new creation. And, and Daksha's yagya literally translates as the union through ability. And Daksha became very conceited because he had the ability to unite. And that conceit actually deprived him of his capacity to enter into the union. So in the Chandi, we're going to cut down self-conceit. We're going to cut down the great ego. We're going to put too much and too little into balance. And this story is going to come again and again throughout this text. Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste. Thank you.